Hey, you want veggie tacos or... What? No, I don't want tacos right now. I'm trying to record something, Lucas. Um, okay, but... Sorry about that. Anyways, I really hope you enjoy this episode about Memento. If you haven't seen the movie, please do so before listening to this podcast because we will ruin it for you. Okay, that just about does it. Uh, hmm, I'm kind of hungry. Hey, Lucas, can you grab me a taco? Thanks, pal. Wait a second, what was I doing? Um, oh, right, the intro. Okay, not only do we discuss memory in this episode, but we... Hey, you want veggie tacos or... What? I don't want any tacos right now. I'm trying to record something, Lucas. Um, okay, but... Bad science. Did the movie get it right? Bad science. Or will we have to fight? Bad, bad, bad. Hi everybody, welcome to Bad Science, I'm Ethan Edinburgh, and today we're talking about Christopher Nolan's Memento, Academy Award nominated, uh, maybe should have won. But anyways, we'll get to the bottom of all that with my two lovely guests today. We're talking with improviser, writer, comedian, and self-proclaimed pop star, Alana Johnston. Oh wow, what an intro. (laughs) How's it going, Alana? Honestly, it's going good. I'm excited to talk about the movie. I barely absorbed it, and I can't (laughs) wait to see what you two have to say about it. And I will take your opinions as my own. All right, great. So not a lot of controversy or debate on the show today. No, you're getting yeses out of me. (laughs) All right, great. In true improv style. Exactly. Uh, We are talking with UCLA psychology professor and director of the Comparative Cognition Lab, Dr. Aaron Blaisdell. 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 That's okay. I'm so sorry. And that's okay, Ethan Edinburgh. Oh, thank you. I, I appreciate <laughs> now we're even. That's fantastic. We are talking about Memento. I know you barely absorbed this film, but I adore Memento. I think it mm-hmm. hit me at the perfect time. Maybe that was part of it. I think I was like 12, 13 when this came out, and it just rocked my brain. And I remember rewatching it many times. I got the DVD. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, but with DVDs, you know, those are <laughs> this, old school, man. With this particular DVD, oh, got it, got it. They it came out like. With a with a psychology test, like you would turn it on and the menu, you could not navigate the menu of this DVD, the one that I had. It was just like a bunch of pictures of random stuff and you had to like match them and you had to like remember what was on the, the page before it. And then if you hit the wrong one or I don't know what you thought was right, it would just lead you nowhere or lead you back to the beginning. So you had to like make a series of correct decisions based on like very subtle clues and then you would get to subtitles or you would get to special features. It's essentially the choose-your-own-adventure of DVDs. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> Sounds really cool, but yeah. I wonder how many people actually watch the movie on the DVD. Yeah, I don't know. I hope a lot of people. Uh, I think it was. I think it did pretty well. Didn't they do a special director's cut? In the like, don't they normally yes. do that on DVD? Well, they had on the DVD the chronological version, which you can catch on Vimeo as well. Oh my god, that's wild. really yes. So you can watch Memento in order uh, if you're, I don't know, anti the really cool plot mechanism. Do they actually do <laughs> post production to make it? Uh, like a seamless kind I of experience? I don't think so. I saw it a long time ago. I think they just mm. reordered the scenes. <laughs> I think that's what happened. The whole thing was shot in 25 days, which I thought what? was crazy that's to me. That's insane. And that that's Carrie insane. Ann Moss's part, she was there for eight days, which was, wow. yeah, also what? just like, I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh, a week's gone by and now I'm just in memento forever. <laughs> I was just really confused about the betrayals. And I was like, because mm. I thought one thing and my husband thought another thing. And I Ooh. was like, and I think that's the point that he's trying to do to be like how to get people yeah. uh, to get married couples exactly, and arguments. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I it left me that's why it was hard to absorb because I was like, did I miss something? Did he miss something? Mm. Is it supposed to be open? And then I mean the ending is just beyond open ended. You're like, this could be anything. Right. I, yeah. Well, do you know anything about people like this who have this inability to form long-term memories? I, I have was done, hoping you would. Yeah, I, I, I do. I do. <laughs> so Fantastic. It actually makes a lot of sense the way they filmed it based on the experiences of somebody who has no uh, ability to form long-term memories. Yes. This okay. is this is the uh, many medical experts have cited Memento as uh, being one of the most realistic and accurate depictions of anterograde amnesia, which right. is, right, the, the uh, lack of... Forming new memories. Forming new memories, right, yes. And Short-term memory loss. retrograde amnesia is, like, let's say you have an accident, you de- have some brain damage, mm-hmm. and you forget memories for maybe weeks or even months, possibly even years, from before the time of the accident. The losing past memories that you had already formed 
is one thing that happens with uh, traumatic head injuries and brain damage, uh, especially to the hippocampus, a memory system. Okay. Uh, and anterograde is the inability to form new memories, long-term mm-hmm. memories. Yeah. Okay. So he was showing profound anterograde, as he said in the film. Yeah. Yeah, because he keeps repeating, I know who I am. Like he, right, he can he, remember everything before the is. accident. Exactly. Right. The insurance, but then that got confused. Right, yeah. Then it seems like there's, uh, and I say seems like because you're saying there's some open-endedness to this kind of stuff, so I don't want to say definitively, although I have a belief of the timeline Which here. Which I'd love to hear from both of you. This, Fantastic. I, this is the we'll only reason why I came, answers. <laughs> I came for answers. I, I, I think I see it pretty I clearly now. Answers. But it, But there is a gray area during the film in which he like right after the accident is unsure of like what happened and what didn't like right. he thought for a bit that his wife died and then it's revealed towards the end teddy was telling him like your wife survived assuming and then- teddy's telling the truth as well and that's Correct. the whole thing about memories and because he had that conversation early on with teddy about well you can't trust memories right memories are fallible mm-hmm. memories we can confabulate make them up and change them mm-hmm. but the facts that you write down are are what's Hence solid. The, the tattoos, exactly. The tattoos, yes. all the notes, the big book of notes. Yes, but but the point is also that those are fallible as well. Oh yeah, and he put it so much faith into be. them. Yeah, yeah, it proves yeah, to be very Yeah, because he had crossed fallible. out in one of them or James. Remember, like one of the tattoos said John or James. Right. right. Yes, and you it was like I mean? written crudely, like yeah. clearly afterwards, afterthought or and something. And he changed his writing when, like, Teddy told him something. He wrote it in lowercase because he didn't believe him, and Teddy kept being like, "Write it down." Yeah, because he writes in all. Uppercase, yes, which I do. So that like oh, stood out to me. Okay, and oh, I thought if I ever get a head injury, I've got this figured out. <laughs> yeah, trust <laughs> everything in uppercase. I have a game plan now. Have I just told the world my plan? Absolutely. Now you're so easily manipulable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Big mistake. Well, before we get into all the memory science of it mm-hmm, all, mm-hmm. I did want to hear also, Aaron, what you thought of the film. When did you first see it? Well, I don't remember when I first saw it. It wasn't in the theater, but I did watch it on DVD shortly after, or tape, I don't know how long ago it was, uh, 2000? I, 2000, yeah, or 2001 it be, came out. But you're yeah. only 15. But I, <laughs> so, you guys got to see him. He's a boy That's genius. right around when I got to L.A. for my <laughs> professorship, actually, UCLA. So oh, okay. uh, I watched it on DVD or something. Yeah. And I, I loved it. I loved that movie. I Great. just loved the way the movie, you know, the, the, the cinemaphile in me. I loved the way he set it up, going backwards. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I think as a scientist and neuroscientist, I feel like he really did – generally a very good job depicting what it's like for somebody like that. Wow. Okay, fantastic. Uh, this great. opens up the door for me for so many questions because uh, unlike Alana, my questions come from, I don't want to say plot holes or loopholes or something like that, but to me, especially re-watching it for the pod, I was like, there's so many things here that I don't understand as far as what, like how long until he forgets. Like right. that, the whole reset thing I, I i know it was probably not accurate to say it's 15 minutes it's exactly 15 minutes every 15 minutes right. i will it's reset not a specific yeah. amount of time yes yeah. sometimes when your it seems longer gets diverted so there's actually oh. somebody uh, a case uh, hm was one of the first people heavily studied uh, a patient who had uh, bilateral surgery of basically where his hippocampus and other memory syst- parts of the memory system are yes surgeries to uh, alleviate um epilepsy okay and he had then this the same kind of experience as Leonard in the film. He had uh, he lost a lot of his uh, memories from the few years beforehand, as well as no ability to make long term um, semantic memories, memories oh that God. he's aware of. So okay. both. So yeah, yeah. Wow. And usually you get both. Usually you don't have just one without the other. Mm. Ah. And so what he reported is, and what people who studied him, he was really heavily studied by memory researchers. He could that amount of time he could remember in that sh- very short term can vary from just a, a few seconds to up to fifteen minutes wow. if he's able to focus and rehearse something. You can give him information, and he could kind of rehearse it and keep it active in his what's called working memory. Okay, and that's okay and that works. But as soon as his attention's diverted, it's like mm-hmm. somebody says, "Hey, look over here, HM," and he looks over and says, "Oh, hi, who are you?" I've ever met you before, that kind of thing, right? Gotcha. And then he'll have lost, because he's lost attention. He's not maintaining. He had to actively maintain it. See, 
Because at first they made you think it's when he falls asleep. That's what when, my wife thought. When, yeah, yeah, when you first see it. It seems like that it, in the first part exactly, of the movie. Exactly. The first oh. like kind of half of the movie, it's only happening because you'll see him wake up and be like, where am I? But then right, right, right. when Natalie, with the hitting her, she goes and sits in the car for like, what, mm-hmm. two minutes or something? And then right. and he yeah. he's trying to find a pen, trying to find a pen. And then the sound of her coming into the door. Distracts him. It distracts him and he immediately loses it. Yes. So it was, it was and you had to... To it, it, it that implied that he had done it before because how did she know it only needed to be like two minutes? Yeah, they, I kept they thinking clearly, he was asleep, right. right? They had spent time together, exactly. I think, by that point for exactly. sure. I think that the probably as a movie device, I'm guessing he showed that every time he wakes up, he's like, oh, where am I? Because mm-hmm. actually that's what it's kind of like whenever you, for people like this, is that once you lose that memory, you short-term memory, uh, and a new moment starts for you, essentially. It's as if you just woke up. They say it's like waking up for the first time all the time. Wow. Wow. Yeah, crazy. No, thanks. No, I... <laughs> I know you guys are offering if I want to do this, and my answer is no. <laughs> yeah, we uh, emailed you for the podcast if you'd like yeah, no to thanks. have a lobotomy. We do have IRB approval. <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, I mean <laughs> okay, don't okay. be selfish. <laughs> okay, I'll think about it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you were talking about Henry Gustav Malaison, I think his last name that's was pronounced. Yes. Um, so that's, yeah, if anybody wants to check that guy out, I was hearing some crazy stories about that. Um, and then uh, before we, we jump back in, because, again, I do have a lot of questions as far as, like, how does he remember? Remember just really basic uh, human things. I would love to play a game with you guys um, about mnemonics. Mnemonics, a tool that uh, helps us. Uh, it's a memory aid. It helps us remember ideas or phrases, uh, patterns. And uh, so this is called "Do you remember that mnemonic?" Do you that mnemonic? Uh, so I'll. Give you guys a mnemonic, uh, and we'll see if you guys know what I'm talking about. I, I wish up, you guys could see my face right now. <laughs> I looked up famous mnemonics. Uh, you'll be fine. So, uh, PEMDAS. Do you guys know what that is? No. PEMDAS? PEMDAS. PEMDAS. See, Lucas was recently in school. He knows exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll give you another clue. It's the order of operations in pre-algebra. Oh, oh bedmass? Uh, PEMDAS. No. I only know parentheses. Here we go. Exponents. Yes, correct. Multiplication. <laughs> yep. Division, addition, subtraction. That is all correct. And the mnemonic that's used uh, besides PEMDAS, please excuse my dear Aunt Sally. That's where that comes from. Not ringing any bells. No. No. Okay, I'm from very Canada. cool. We only know uh, bed mass. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Brackets. It's the same thing, but brackets. Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah. Okay. okay. So in Canada, yeah, BEMDAS. Yeah, and it's quadra- I think it's for quadratic form or something like that. But you don't have one of those um, believe extraterrestrials. Uh, you know, no. Mnemonic? I mean, like you mean because Billy eats right. candy and uses soft erasers. <laughs> nope. Just we only have okay, that. Great. For, we only have that for because. <laughs> great. Well, that's another great, great mnemonic. Um, okay. Uh, how to spell rhythm? I know you said you're a bad speller, but does anyone want to attempt yes, to spell rhythm? I okay. R y t h m n. Incorrect. Shoot. So the way to do it, uh, the way the the I didn't know this either, but they have a mnemonic to help you. Remember, it's it's rhythm helps your two hips move. Interesting. R H Y T H M. Rhythm helps your two hips move. Now I'll remember that. Yeah, I it's hope. a fun one, right? Unless rhythm I forget. Helps it. Your two hips <laughs> okay, last one. To remember the Great Lakes. Do you know oh. what we say? We say Holmes. I never H-O-M-E-S. learned that. O M E S. And can you name me Huron, the Great Lakes? Huron, Ontario. Ontario, yeah. Um, yes. Michi- no, Michi- Michigan. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Erie. Erie mm-hmm. and... Superior. And Superior. That's right. Yeah. Okay, Holmes. Wait, you were, where Great. are you from, Aaron? Buffalo. Oh, okay. I'm from Ooh. Toronto. Right. Okay, that's neighbors. How, yeah, that's how we know. Oh, it. how nice. Because <laughs> most people don't know the Great Lakes. Yeah, I did not know like, the Great Lakes. they don't get Ontario. Like, they don't get at, at any on the Canadian side. They don't get any of those. <laughs> yeah. It's true, they don't. I think, <laughs> I think in general, it's safe to say Americans don't know crap about Canada. They just do not know any of the, the and geography. Thank you, and thank if you they're for, from Buffalo or Watertown. Right. Yeah, of course. Or, you know, 
Yeah, if you're on, your if you're like on. Yeah, if you're the exactly. neighbors, you do know. But um, thank you for admitting that publicly. Yeah, it's no problem. I speak on behalf of all United <laughs> States citizens. We do not know about Canada. Very good. I've been there just a few times, and I had to ask about everything. Did you come to drink at the age of nineteen? I did not. I should have. I guess. Yeah, that's I what that's out. what the neighbors do at nineteen. You guys yeah. pop up there and you grab it. You grab a beer. <laughs> that sounds really fun. Um, okay, so here's a, a few. Uh, just like little questions. So you were mentioning like the habit thing, like repetition, like learning like that. So A, I wanted to know, is that actually a method that's used that can help people with short-term memory loss or maybe just everyday people, uh, you know, <laughs> learn uh, how to how to keep things in mind, how to, how to do things? Because mm. it seemed like that was, because he has stuff in certain pockets or in certain places on his body, I guess, like in right. his jacket or whatever. And that so does that make sense? Is that realistic as well? That totally makes sense. Okay. And I okay. keep trying, uh, somebody else in my life, I keep trying to get into the habit <laughs> of having specific place where the keys go and yes. the purse and the, the glasses so that you don't have to always kind of think about where you left them last. Mm -hmm. yeah. But you they're automatically there. That's a separate memory system, a separate uh, brain system that handles those kind of automated habit behaviors. Okay. And that works both in people who have this kind of uh, amnesia mm -hmm. as well as everyday people. Mm -hmm. Great. Okay. So that's just something to encourage that we should yes, all do. Yes, yes. Habits are so useful. Because I do that. You do well. How do you well, like put I, like, your keys I in a certain a place, spot? My house is always spotless nice. because I have a place for everything, so I I never lose anything, mm -hmm. and I can get out of the house every day in the exact same amount of time because I know exactly how long it takes you go. to yep. do each it, task. Thank you. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> thank you. You validated. What <laughs> it's, no, literally this everything is you're saying. Cornerstone of my belief system of yeah. how I operate my life. Yeah, <laughs> everything really you're saying nice. is like I'm a hundred percent. It works. It it works. The only She's time approved. it backfires is when it's a bad habit that gets instilled, and then yeah, it like takes time. It takes smoking effort. something crazy like that, where you're like, yeah. I always smoke with a coffee in the morning or something. Then you're like, you're doomed. <laughs> right. You're yeah. doomed. And that's especially there because now you have an association. Yeah. Exactly. Right? So coffee, something's nice, enjoyable, and not harmful, but now it's associated with something unhealthy and that one will trigger as a cue yes. the other behavior. I also find it's really bad when you have bad habits first thing in the morning or last thing at night because mm -hmm. your mind's not functioning. Like when you first wake up, you're not like, okay, let's wide awake. Let's go do math. I mean, maybe you are. But no, 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 no. <laughs> okay. So you're a little not sluggish. Math. So everything's just going by memory. Like everything's just going by yeah. like automatic you know I mean? autopilot. Yeah, memory. Yeah. yeah. So it's like you would just get up and be like, make coffee, then pour coffee, grab cigarette, go outside. Yeah, and then you're exactly. Yes. This is what rituals are for, like a morning yeah. ritual, evening ritual. Mm -hmm. The evening rituals are also important because they help you kind of fall asleep. They help you get in that mode of triggering the onset of sleep. But that's usually where drugs come in because <laughs> that's like druggies, a, a, a yeah. way to sleep. Yeah. So oh, you'd be like always yeah. before bed if, if people smoke weed, which is legal, go nuts. But then if you don't do it, you don't associate nuts, that with your <laughs> sleep mm -hmm. and you it often ruins your sleep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and I think is what you're saying is just like associating a bad habit. It's like yeah. you're connecting it with something that should just be a normal, healthy you know, sleep yes. cycle. And yes. it could take a lot to undo those. Yes. Right. I think so. Yeah, and then you have to kind of like replace it usually, I find, with something that's like kind of similar and then you get mad because it's not the same. You or know. just change your context. What do you mean? Oh, well, yeah. So if you change your context, like even if you wake up every morning and you go to one particular room, let's say that's where you always have your coffee and your cigarette. Mm -hmm. And so you, what that happens is that because you associate that particular room being there at that time of day with the smoking, it elicits the urge to smoke. So let's say if you want to break that, get up and go to a different room, sit in a different place. And, mm. and that alone oh. can help you wow. reduce the onset of cravings, diminish how strong the cravings are, and you can more easily establish a new habit in that new location. So that's like <laughs> altering the environmental factors like this surrounding yes. or whatever. Yeah. Wow, I had never thought of that. Me that's neither, good to know. That that's, makes that's so smart. much sense. Though. Changing a seat. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then if since we're talking about morning and uh, evening rituals, I feel like I had something about how, oh, that before we go to sleep is a bad time to study. It's like it's it's not good trying to recollect information. Uh, it's like you're you're not good at storing it before you go to sleep, that it's better to do it towards the morning, like early morning. Um, I don't know about any research on that. There, Not to say there isn't research, but okay. 
I'm a scientist, so I admit that I don't know a lot about some of these things. Great. Perfect. Do you know, do you know anything about how they say not to study or like stuff like that in bed, like to be doing that stuff in bed? Because is there I, I could be totally making mm. this up, but like an association like you should just keep your bed for sleeping. I mean, there's some something to that. Yes. Okay. Uh, especially when it comes to more uh, activities that. Uh, cause arousal, like watching movies. You wouldn't want to sit there and watch uh, Avengers Endgame as much as you love might love the movie, which I did. I do, yep. You, yeah, you wouldn't sure. want to sit there watching it on your iPad in bed before you go to bed for a number of reasons. Because now, yeah, you're you're now eliciting a cortisol response, your stress response, for excitement reasons. Right. Yeah. And that's going to interfere with sleep. You're now associating that with the bed that's going to interfere with sleep onset, all these things. Right. Yeah, because I've got some changes to make. Yeah. My, now, my nightly do, end game. I do read like <laughs> science hours. fiction or, or, or fiction in bed before sleep. Because it helps sleep. you. Because then uh, the it's people relaxing fall asleep. to yeah. me. Mm. It's like, that's Fantastic. my message. Is that just because of the... I don't know, visual stimuli of the screen. That's is, part of it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So and like think, your phone too, like you wouldn't yeah. want to use your phone in bed. Yeah. In before. fact, I usually try not to use my phone or screens after sunset or I'll set them into like a, a red shift mode so it doesn't disrupt my circadian rhythm. Whoa. And I have these Whoa, orange oh my God. The blue Ew. blocking glass. I'm like a geek. <laughs> no, uh, to, no, let's go. No, I, I, yeah, stuff, you came here with more energy sleep, than me. <laughs> sleep is so important. Yeah. 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 So wait, let's, I mean, we're, 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 we're buying in here for a second. What, what are these goggles you're talking about? What uh, is this like red? Just like they're glasses that are block um, blue light. So they look orange. And okay. what that does, blue light is what stimulates the production of uh, cortisol and inhibits the production of melatonin. Melatonin is what your so your daily rhythm as you go toward evening. Melatonin rises; it's a hormone, and cortisol drops. Okay. Mm-hmm. And as you approach waking in the morning, cortisol rises, melatonin drops. Cortisol rises to help you wake up, and melatonin drops because they're antagonistic to each other. Right. Okay. So if you're looking at blue light, that's the same as what's in bright light outside. Mm. That wavelength will suppress melatonin. And so it interferes with your natural rhythm. Of and that's what's asleep. coming out of the screens. And that's what's coming out of screens, yes. Damn. I, I wonder, okay, so Ethan and I do live shows. And sure. you could be, like, you know, tired at 9 o'clock or something. You go do this live show. Oh, God. And then you come home. You can't sleep for hours because yeah, it wakes you up. up. You literally have these blaring lights when you're on stage. In your Like, this Get is making classes. so much. <laughs> Make wear them on stage. Routine. My character, awesome. woman in glasses. <laughs> I think I, I feel a conscious sick, yeah, female. I feel a sitcom coming on, I think. And some bacon and cream cheese on the side. I mean, you are <laughs> That sounds honestly. Wow, Aaron, are you the comic here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's honestly, it sounds like a great post-show uh, meal. Like, I always yeah. feel like I need like a celebratory victory meal, Me too, right? Or you ever, something. Yeah, bacon right. and cream cheese. You come I would home, love that. You, you come go. home hungry because you've yeah, exerted yeah. all this like energy. Yep. So you like you. Yeah. That, it's such a bad habit, but like I will always come home and eat something. Well, how do you fall asleep then? How do you do you keep normal sleep you, hours? You you crash. It depends. If you have a show, it's not a normal sleep hour because my mm-hmm. body automatically wakes me up at seven a.m. no matter what every single morning yeah. without an alarm because mm-hmm. I've just trained myself to do it now. Yeah, but it's like same. Yeah, you don't get a good sleep, but like you will crash. Like it's like sugar. You will be awake, awake, and then a certain time will hit, and you'll be like, I'm exhausted, and you'll crash. Yeah, there's yeah. just an excitement aftermath. I think because yeah. you're yeah. there oh, for I've an hour. That. Yeah. yeah, so you know, it you have to like find something to do. But I will say, I'm very good at sleep. Once I oh, lay wow. down, I'm like that's one of my few talents. I that's lay a down, superpower. and I, I know, and I and I know that too because I have for just from talking to so many people, I can tell you know they're so tired in the morning, or they just you know they they go to sleep like really late at night because they couldn't sleep until right. two three a.m. and yeah. I'm like no, nine absolutely. If I'm in bed nine thirty ten p.m. ten, I'm out like a light easy. Oh, not me. Then, yeah. then you can form your memories. Oh, great. I do worry about that. Partly what sleep does is it helps you establish uh, strength in the memories that that, uh, you were collected during the day. Wow. So getting back to your question about studying at night. Yeah. I imagine if there is research on that that supports that, it might be because if you're studying at night, 
you haven't had as much time to encode them strongly so that they can be replayed or and practiced oh. in sleep, like in REM sleep or whatever sleep it is that helps strengthen them. Right. So morning and throughout the day would be ideal because you've had time to like repeat it and absorb it and think I'm about it. I'm thinking that's probably the case with the caveat that you have to have to respect Understand who you are. There are individual differences. Some people just yeah. are night people. They really, their minds are more active at night. They're more yeah. creative, more. So sometimes actually is, you have to listen to what you are like yourself. Okay. So if you're a night person and you want to study and do work at night, blue blocker classes, yeah. that's what's up. Exactly. <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm okay. a morning person. So I go through all my mementos in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> You review your thigh. I review, I review my thigh every morning. I'm not a night thigh woman. <laughs> I'm not a night thigh woman. Uh, that's a song right there. Write that down. Um, okay. And then there was little things uh, Lucas and I were talking about, like how he, how does he remember to eat or like brush his teeth or Because he did shower at one point. He like smelled himself and he showered. Right. Yeah, this is true. This, I mean, that, soap and that everything. that's a good exogenous form of memory. Right. Yeah. I smell. Yeah. Let me go shower. That makes sense to me. But there's just, I don't know, there were so many little things that came to mind like that. Where it's sure. like, if you well, have this there condition. was a lot of, that's where a lot of the little inaccuracies mm. crept into the film. Okay. People who, actually the kind of people who have this kind of severe memory loss are more like, um, what was the guy that he kept referring to? On Sammy Jenkins. Sammy. They're more like that. They kind of are, they look like they're kind of spaced out or they're just like, looking at things for the first time every few minutes and oh and God. so they don't they don't really have a long-term plan right right like right. that's kind of unrealistic that he they, has they this need goal. so much more help they can't just drive around and and yeah like, the driving the was driving was insane oh my yeah. god that's how not how people like this can act the driving was insane yeah. and that's and um uh, what you're saying about like Sammy and them needing more help, I would assume somebody has to physically put the food in front of them. Right. Generally, yeah. Right? Because they're not going to like, they could feel hungry, but then you forget because oh, your yeah. memory oh, keeps resetting. In fact, my, I have a grad student studying this too, but uh, we've been looking at some of the memory research and it turns out people like HM the, and uh, other people with this kind of severe memory loss will, if you put a meal in front of them, oh, it's kind of like the injections of the insulin. You put yeah. a meal in front of them, they'll be like, oh, there's the meal. I'll start eating. And then they could have eaten a full meal. And then wow. 10 minutes later, somebody puts a meal in front of them. They're like, oh, okay, let's eat a meal. Oh, my God. They don't realize. They, they, they don't aren't able to use the signals from their stomach that well. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, wow. it seems like they would need a 24-hour... Caretaker. Oh, people like this do. Okay. Yeah, they don't live on their own. They live with assisted living. Right. Yeah. So yeah. How very, the hell did he escape? That's a very unrealistic part of the film, I thought. But right. It made for a great story. That's true. I do have a question because the insulin was mentioned. Yes. Okay. Did Lenny's wife have died? Like, what did she need the insulin, or was that just remembering incorrectly of the Sammy situation? So I think that's what you were touching on, Aaron, as far as like, do you believe Teddy or not? Because right. I think that yeah. if you do, which I do personally, I think his wife did have uh, diabetes. See, and she I don't needed, think she did. Okay, let's hear it. Well, <laughs> Why not? I, I, because it was so, it was like he could only have that. He only had that like one that thigh pinch right. thing that he kept like recalling. But yep. with the with Sammy's wife, it was so many examples in different places. But to me, that's him body. making up th that you know now, that there's that's what where Sammy I was doing. Think that actually, once you have this kind of memory loss, this kind of damage, you can't start making up a storyline. Oh, okay. So you okay. lose that ability. You don't just lose the ability to form memories. You you lose the ability to simulate. Even if it was in repetition, because it seemed like the same way he checks his pockets, he retells himself every day. There this. could be repetition, but you're not. He's not going to be able to then associate it with something different because he's lost that ability. Ooh. So he'll be stuck. Both he'll be stuck in the present, mm -hmm. and his memories will be stuck in the past. The memories won't like with with um, people with normal memory. We might misremember events from our childhood or right. from earlier, and they change over time. Mm. Those memories, like we could watch the news and it says something. Like I was reading about 9-11 and people who were uh, in New York City versus not around that time. And looking at them months later, years later, 
and seeing how their memories change. People's memories change quite a bit about like where they were, what was going on. Um, And and a lot of it's because they're watching the news media or they're talking about it with friends and then details change. Yeah. Um, Leonard would not be able to do any of those changes. Mm -hmm. So this idea of confusing his wife with this other person. Yeah, same as wife. I don't think that he would have been able to do that post-injury. Got you. Because he had already done that pre-injury, yeah, yeah, but not post-injury. It was just the one memory of the thigh. But when it was the wife and being killed, Mm -hmm. she had it in different multiple places. Right. And that's that's where I was thrown. Like, if we had seen... Um, shots of his wife, of Lenny's wife, with stuff happening in multiple places, I'd be like, okay, but we only saw one. Mm-hmm. So I was like, he's only associating one thing. I don't know. It was, yeah, I don't that's know, man. Tough. That threw Because my feeling is the director left it open to interpretation by the audience. And that the there podcast. is no. <laughs> For <laughs> yeah, this podcast. Yeah, no, exactly. He predicted this. He was very, you know, he was ahead of his time. Yep. Very much so. Yep. I <laughs> agree. We were going to be talking about this, but I feel like it was. So open. it was, it was open in that way. Yeah. Cause you're right. If it's not as specific, but there is one thing that could be, then it does lead to this conversation. Yeah. I think, I don't know if just contained in the movie world, separating the inaccuracies you're mentioning, that to me makes the most sense that he is convincing himself that Sammy did these things. Right. But really it was him that entire time. And he's just making, you know, he's compartmentalizing the guilt into this other dude. Right. In the so movie that it's not world, him. I felt that was probably a very, the high likelihood uh, interpretation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wait, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Here's my short-term problem. <laughs> um, What's your name? So, yeah, right, Aaron. I'm a scientist. Um, my my question is so because there was a lot of things that Lenny was saying um, at the end or whatever. Right. So did was it being implied that Lenny did kill his wife with the insulin? Yes. But she was the attack did happen, but yes. she was alive afterwards. Yes. And he killed her with insulin, not knowing that he kept giving her the insulin. Correct. That's what I got. got That's it. what I got also. Okay. Yeah. That's, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I got too. But well, yeah. But I, I just didn't know if I believe Lenny or not. But mm-hmm. I mis- I thought that's what the director was. So that makes to it the 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 protagonist then a little bit insidious, intentionally in his car taking down the license oh, plate, huge, so and a- saying I'm gonna get out of this and. His life doesn't really matter enough. To, I think it's more important that I get out of this loop of right. helping him out. Because it's when crazy. he, the picture that Lenny yeah. took of him where he's shirtless and pointing to his heart, mm-hmm. there wasn't a tattoo there because it said, I'm saving it for him. Yes. So that's what I assume that that meant. But right. then it's like, I mean, now he's just a murderer? Like he's just... Gonna keep murdering? Yeah, it's I don't. Wild. <laughs> and and speaking of that, I'm gonna throw another huge wrench in. I was reading that there's a, you know, at the end how he's closing his eyes and he says, "Does the world just disappear when you close your eyes?" And then it shows oh, when he's these driving. like, yeah, when he's driving yeah. at the end, and it shows these really quick cuts of him like with his wife and just like really fast, like yeah. these flashbacks. So in one of them, there's this picture. Throw that up for him. Where he has a tattoo on his heart and he's with his wife and it says, "I've done it." I, I caught that in the movie. I, saw I can't that. believe you See, caught I that. I didn't. I knew. I knew. I saw something there. Yeah. But I thought he was misremembering and that it was Natalie. Do you oh, know what I mean? Like he was seeing yeah, yeah. the wife, but that it was like it was Natalie, but he was envisioning the wife there because Natalie had the tattoo or saw the tattoo. Yes, that's true. Yeah. And it was so fast. I mean, this is taken, you know, uh, quick. But what how do we interpret that now? That for me, adds, you know, throws a <laughs> wrench so in the whole thing. So it would mean that he killed the guy. Lenny took the photo with the bare chest. Then he goes and has gotten that tattoo or is. But I then don't why know. Why didn't we see you with Natalie? And why doesn't he have the tattoo during this whole film? The tattoo's not Absolutely, there. He got it right. removed. He must have got it removed. No, because it had only been a year, and it it takes when you get those tattoos removed, you have that scar for like so long before it you goes notice, away. Uh, right? You're gonna show us your scars. Yeah, show us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Here's the thing. I got the same tattoo. <laughs> I really love this movie. I'm mortified. You know, after the podcast, we should all go out and get the I, same yeah, tattoo. I got the tattoo. I don't remember why I got it because, as we know, I had seen the movie before, didn't remember any of it. But I thought I'm gonna get this tattoo that I made up. Yeah. We should all get "I've done it" on our hearts, referring well, to the podcast. Referring exactly. to the podcast. I've done the podcast. Just don't get pulled over for anything, because yeah, uh, right. right. Opens up a whole can of worms. I really haven't done it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay, so that's that's interesting. Yeah, that to me was 
probably Christopher Nolan just saying like, eh, let's throw in one more thing to really screw with people and have them talk about deliberate for ages about this. Because yeah. that's him confusing would be him confusing memory because he couldn't possibly have that tattoo and be with his wife because he killed his wife. And Lenny had that photo with him without that tattoo. Like, there's no way right. his wife and that tattoo and can be in the same scene. It's not possible. <clears throat> Dude, that would also mean that his wife is, like, signing off on him getting all these tattoos, which would be so wild. Which is insane. I raped, <laughs> see, yeah. raped and killed my wife. Yeah, she probably him. Like, come on. Convince him not to do those things, not to I mean, get those. I don't get me wrong. <laughs> my husband dozens. has a Matador and bull tattoo on him after we went to Portugal because he's Portuguese. I had no say in it and I couldn't stop him. <laughs> okay, so maybe this. It checks so out. Maybe. Yeah, maybe that checks out. <laughs> um, okay, they mentioned uh, amnesia a few times in the movie because he keeps saying it's not amnesia. So I just wanted like yeah, because he says a condition. Yes, I have this. Right, I have well, this. Well, it condition. is amnesia. Okay, so right, I wanted yeah, yeah. the uh, let's the, hear it. The amnesia difference. just means a form of memory loss, whether it's anterograde or retrograde. Anterograde not forming new memories mm. or retrograde. Losing access to old memories. Okay, so there's it's types of amnesia. Types of amnesia, like there's infantile amnesia, right? So, do you remember your first year of life? No, I remember every waking moment. <laughs> I'm of my so entire sorry. Life. I don't remember I'm, how you I must got have here. Mommy issues <laughs> severely. But, Massive right, mommy issues. I have issues. to make a phone call. <laughs> we don't because uh, there's so many aspects of our brain change during maturation, and so and the parts of the brain that are form long-term memories, like the hippocampus, aren't all fully connected, wired up, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, and developed. So mm-hmm. we don't have. That's called a. That's a form of amnesia. Okay. All right. Okay. So we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. The break is over. Here we go. Back to the show about science. Obviously memory, super important. Hippocampus, very crucial to this. And we're all agreeing on this. (laughs) And I'm speaking for everybody. Uh, Canadian and American citizens. Uh, We both have hippocampi. We all have hippocampi. That's right. (laughs) Um, So I'm constantly worried about my memory. It's like one of my biggest fears. I, I find myself uh, just losing track, not of like little things, but you just... You want to go to a doctor. I'll uh, eventually figure it out. I talk to doctors all the time, so I get it. Uh, I don't need to go get myself checked out. I just talk to them about movies and it's fine. Yeah. Um, but so you f- made me feel a little bit better by saying that sleep is vital for uh, memory. So I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm feeling a little bit more calm now, I think in general, but but are there ways that we can improve our memory? Are there things that we can do? Lifestyle choices, little things. I love the uh, automatic repetition advice. You know, put your keys in the same place. Yeah. All of that I think is brilliant. But right. is there anything else that I can do slash <laughs> the listeners who are yeah. like me that, you know, don't want to forget stuff about our lives? Well, it depends on what you want to remember. Okay, me personally, I and chime in. However, uh, Alana, but I hate when I'm like hanging out with a friend or my girlfriend, and she says like, "Oh, that's we, we went to dinner over there," and I'm just like, "What? Where? We've been there? Yeah, I've never been there." And she goes, "No." You have been there. We went there together. Or like, I'll be like, oh, Obviously I really. Obviously, it wasn't meaningful to you. <laughs> well, is that what it is? Selective I mean, memory? First is. of all, you hate your girlfriend. Let's just call it out. Okay? I think we can all agree on that. Uh, Lucas, edit that out. Um, no. Uh, yeah, I just, maybe that's what it is. Maybe it wasn't special enough. I don't know if my brain automatically selects things or blacks them well, out. See, here's, here's what I always say. Because memory, our lives are so rich of information. Yeah. Maybe you don't remember that experience and your girlfriend does because for her it was a higher salience important item Mm. and more maybe that's the kind of thing she's more interested in places she's been to and so she's so because it's a more high salience or interesting motivational area thing to remember she naturally remembers those better but you might have been remembering something else yeah lyrics to a Matchbox 20 song exactly and that's why important for you and so you have a better memory for that it's not that there are worse and better memories in general I mean there are to some extent Mm -hmm. but I think also we all have our own interests and I think we remember things that we're interested in that are meaningful to us much better okay and so for example I go around not Knowing, not remembering lots of little details of things because I'm thinking about something else, maybe. Yeah. Right? That yeah. happens all the time. Okay. This is going to make me look bad, but I'm going to come clean. Can't wait. Okay. So I can remember 
things to do like nobody's business. I put everything in my Google calendar. I have a to-do list of the each day and then I have a general to-do list and I check them notoriously all day throughout the day because I don't want to forget places I have to be and things I have to do. I cannot remember people to save my life. Mm. But when I, and because I meet in entertainment, you meet so many people and yep. you can meet groups of them at once. Sure. And the That's thing tougher. is, it's tough. And for the people out there, I have big blonde curly hair and you cannot miss it. So <laughs> I, I'm, I'm visually, I'm a little easier to identify because of this hair. Like if I, if I met somebody with hair down to their knees, I would remember cause I'd be like, oh yeah, she had that hair down to her knees. A distinctive feature. Sure. A distinctive feature. But it's so interesting what you're saying of the little details, because when I do remember someone, I'll be like, oh, yeah, we met at um, Little Dom's and you were saying that your mom didn't want Italian food and she wanted to get Chinese when you guys got in that big fight. And they'll be like, what? And it'll be from like four years ago. Right. I don't know why. But Sure. And then you latched onto that. That became embedded in that memory as part of the context. Yeah. But like right. I could go to like somebody's house or like do a show with someone. No clue who they are. It, well, it's, it's so probably, it's weird. Because you've done a lot of shows and that just goes into right, so your there's a lot list more of interference, shows. What we call memory interference, where if you have a lot of similar pieces of information, like similar people you're meeting, you're not going to, you're going to get a lot of confusion between them and they're going to interfere with each other in terms of either being able to store that information or even being able to retrieve that information later. Yeah. And so that's a big part of it. It's not that you don't have memories. It's just you, it, they, they might become inaccessible. Wow. Oh, yeah. Okay, Damn. that's yeah. Because when someone jars it for me, I I will remember. Like they'll be like, right. "We shot that thing together," and so and so, or like if they say two or three things, I'm like, "Oh my god, yes!" And then I remember. Those are retrieval all of cues. It. Retrieval cues can reactivate stored memories. It's really a lot of it's about getting into that memory and pulling it back out. Wow, is the tricky that's part. okay. Wild, and it makes so that's much tough. sense because that just like you described happens to me a million times. I'll be yeah. like, I don't remember going here. I don't remember the band we saw. And my friend be like, Yeah, remember you said they kind of sounded like Smash Mouth and that we okay, we got yeah. this gin drink and we did this. And I'd be like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I have the whole thing. Now well, I have like, the whole I night. I think especially in uh, Ethan with you and I, it's like when you do these live shows, it's so stimulating it's like Lock first you're on. on stage the lights are there you have to remember what you're doing the words the, everything you have to remember right, so, so many you're not things. attending as much to the other as people. so much as it right and then when you meet five comics afterwards or five musicians afterwards yeah that clumps yep. into one meeting yeah and you can't differentiate them unless there's like some sort like if somebody had pink hair and right. then I saw them later and they had brown hair, I would not be able to remember them because yeah. only that pink hair right, exactly. stood out you, to like me. You were, paint, you were fixating on that. Exactly. And their face, you didn't remember The face just blends in. That's another thing I read that's super helpful in recollection is associating somebody with a particular item or a right. distinctive mm -hmm. thing. So even, you know, try to actively, this would be my advice yeah. because you said you have trouble with people, is try to actively when you meet somebody just associate a random thing with who that's they are. Right. That's right. Yeah. It takes effort to do it, but that's the kind of practice you'd want to do. I try and do this and I continue to be really bad at it. Yeah. I want to do it though, because I, I feel so bad. Like I'm offending people when mm -hmm. I right. don't, especially if they remember me and I don't, cause sometimes you both don't remember, but then like you can, one of you, it'll come up, mm -hmm. but it's like, I feel really bad because it's not of disrespect. It's not that I didn't enjoy or have a mm -hmm. good time with them, but it's just like if I met multiple people in one night, like forget it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I have a, like it. a seminar and I have a class of students. I'm going to be meeting you know, yeah. like twice a week for 10 weeks, let's say. And I'll have 33 people in there. I'm not going to remember all their names, yeah. but I'll at least try and learn how to pronounce their names. So when I'm reading them, because people mm. come from all over the, the world to go like to study at UCLA. So I get some interesting names. Yeah. And so first day of class, when I'm doing a roll call. I'll even I'll say, oh, how do you pronounce that? And I'll ask them and then I'll write down. Oh, it sounds like this. I'll write it in the margin. So oh, I remember smart. to say it. I'll be explicit about the fact that. I'm really bad at remembering names. I'm bad at remembering how to pronounce names that are unusual to yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so you really got pissed when I said Blysdale. Nah. <laughs> a lot of people say that. that uh, Everyone says my name wrong. They say Alana. You, right. You're saying it right. Yes. You're say, you clarified downstairs, Aaron, when we met. You clarified my name. That's right. Downstairs. Mm -hmm. yeah, I have to. See, boom. Yeah. He's, uh, he's on top of it. But, but people, and I, I don't. It's we say our A's differently. So in Canada, everybody says Alana. You could read it off a of paper. Oh, wow. They'll say Alana. But okay. here they all say Alana. Mm -hmm. So it's like 
half the time, if I've said it to somebody a couple of times and they're still saying Alana, I'm like, it's not their fault. They're just not, right. it's yeah. not, they're just not absorbing but it. What I can't excuse though is when I go to a Starbucks or a place like that and I say, and they ask her your name, they're going to write it on the cup. And mm-hmm. I say, I always say now, Aaron. Aaron. Because like a, like a Is Jewish that that A-A? New York. A-A. Got it. Yeah. A Jewish boy, Aaron, <laughs> E-R-I-N, is an Irish girl. Right. Yes. That's the E-R-I-N. True. But they'll write E-R-I-N. Yeah. Even yeah. sometimes, if I say Aaron, mm-hmm. which is how I normally pronounce my first name, mm-hmm. they'll they'll usually write A-A-R-O-N. But sometimes they'll write E-R-I-N. So I try and say, oh, I'm Aaron. Yeah. At least it I, yeah. sounds the same. I'll give you that. Because, Ethan, you have no idea the the weird alternative versions of names that I get on Starbucks stuff or For just Ethan? when people, yeah, I'll say Ethan really? and it's mind boggling the stuff that really? will come out. I, they'll I've throw in one way to write it. Dude, yeah. they'll throw in F's, they'll throw in uh, an e- O. E P H R A I M, right? Well, mine's always with two N's. They either do Elena with two N's or they do E, Elena. Elena, yeah. got it. But never A L A N A. Never. Yeah. And I'll be like, when I say Atlanta, people go like Atlanta without the T, and I go, if you want to add in a letter and then take it out, <laughs> okay. So that's a like, See, that's a good mnemonic. Go. That's true. There you go. Okay. We're back to okay, I take it back. Yeah, <laughs> I got a, a Etrin the other day, which I don't think is a name. That's madness. E T R I N. To somebody somewhere in the world. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, somebody has the name, but when I heard, I was like, really. It's like a joke. Um, okay, I a, a few a few few quick things. I I came up upon ginkgo biloba. Do you know about ginkgo biloba? I've heard of it. Uh, I had heard of it too, but I really didn't know what it's it was. For energy, right? But they they say that it like helps a bunch of different things. Memory was one of them. Uh, that it's like a Chinese herbal mm-hmm. remedy. Uh, but I found that uh, scientists say it has no conclusive uh, evidence that it's, it's helpful. It's so hard to study these kind of uh, natural compounds mm-hmm. okay. or you know physiological effects or behavioral effects. Gotcha. Yeah, it's tr- it's yeah, tricky. I was just going to try and mine you for, you know, secrets. <laughs> Basically brain <laughs> secrets. You want my herbal knowledge. Now. Yes, I do. I, I mean, anything. Well, I just feel like a lot of times they, you know, if you go to Walmart or Walgreens or Target, you know, like you're not going to find like the real answer to improving your life no. more than likely. Like, you know, no, you buy an Advil for a headache. Something. Right. And it'll probably destroy your liver or God knows what. So I just thought maybe you'd have some secret like, yeah, actually it can go below up. No, it's bacon and cream cheese. <laughs> You know, those vitamins. <laughs> and wait a minute, just to be clear here, this is part of a ketosis diet. Is that uh, why you yeah. ketogenic diet? I tend excuse to me. be on that uh, a fair amount of time. Okay. Okay. Ketogenic, a fair amount of time. What does that mean? Like two thirds of a month? Mm, usually like most of the week. Most of the week. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, we'll get into that on a food podcast. Ooh. But oh wow, uh, right after I just didn't want to. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that <laughs> are we next. Doing two podcasts in a row. <laughs> yeah, we are. Um, I uh, I just didn't want to suggest that people just eat bacon and cream cheese willy nilly. I thought maybe that's dangerous to suggest. <laughs> if you eat too much, yeah. Um, vitamin B twelve deficiency. I read that that can create problems with your memory. I think that's pretty solid science. I haven't really read the research, but I'm pr- I know that vitamin B twelve is you know involved in so many processes that involve the brain and okay. the heart. Okay, and so it's it's really important. I think memory loss or memory impairments would be a very common um, vitamin deficiency kind of okay. effect. They also say for depression. Yep. B12. Yep, yep. Yep. That's more even firm than the memory effects. And that's oh, really? one of the causes well, and that's of the thing is when you, speaking as a psychologist here, when you say that there's an effect on memory and it's also comorbid with depression. Well, if you if you have depression, then you might not be able to remember things as well anyway because you're not as motivated and motivation is such an important part of remembering information, remembering wow. events from your life. When like you said meaning. So if yes. you're depressed, things aren't gonna have as if much. If you don't have as much meaning, meaning then you're dampening the ability to store memories because you're you're kind of dampening down the gain on the the, the learning process. Oh wow. my God. When right. I meet people, it means I'm depressed. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I can't absorb the information. <laughs> Basically, I need to pop a B12, go out, meet the, t- meet the people. Just be more yeah, excited, more thrilled on purpose every time you meet somebody. There you go. You'll remember oh, it. Fake wow. it. I mean, that is legit though. You Like if we are happier, but you know, have a higher quality of life, more than likely our memories will improve or be better than if we to some degree that's true although there's a flip side is kind of contradictory to that and okay. that people who are depressed 
tend to have more accurate memories. Whoa. Meaning people who are more upbeat uh, and happy tend to misremember maybe how unpleasant a previous experience was. But isn't that a good thing? Which is, exactly, it's adaptive. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. You know, in that case, you don't want to be so accurate at, you know, like how boring something might have been or whatever right. it was. You want to kind of remember the better times, right? Like you went to a family holiday and later on you're like, oh, yeah, we had some good times. You don't want to remember all the boring parts. Yeah, right? so, like laughing at your previous embarrassments or something, right? Exactly. Like you want to like, I don't know, tint it a little bit. So you're like, oh, well, no, everything's fine. Everything yeah. was fine. And everything will be fine. Yeah. Very interesting. I hadn't even thought about that. Um, okay. I've never had a positive memory so. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> on account of all the people I've been meeting. <laughs> um, I was told uh, alcoholism and drug abuse can impair our mental state and ability to remember I things. I can speak yep. to that. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> and go ahead and do so. <laughs> you put the absolute in absolutely. Oh. oh, all right. Is that one of your sponsors? Yes. <laughs> it is absolute now. vodka. <laughs> uh, in addition to Target, Walmart, and yeah. Walgreens? You will absolutely lose your memory. Absolute. Um, no, I, I, I mean, a night of drinking, really, dra- if I have a drink or two, okay, you know, nothing. But if yeah. I'm like tying one on... I will wake up the next morning and like be told I told the same story three times about <laughs> that one time I saw Ryan Gosling at Little Dom's and he didn't even interact with me. And they're like, yeah, you told it three times. And I'm like, I did. And it's not even that interesting of a story. <laughs> but like, I'm going on about it. And like wow. I, that happens to me almost every time I, 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 and I don't do that often. Like I was really drink, say, is but, this a chronic thing? Here? No, well, yeah. it's, it, but it's like if I didn't eat a proper dinner if i didn't get my real fill of bacon and cream cheese mm-hmm. um that can accidentally happen the alcohol will just hit me because sure. i'm and oh, i'm smaller yeah. too so it will just hit me harder yeah. but if i'm drinking something with like a diet coke or something and all i can taste is the diet coke it's over maybe you're drinking it faster you're whatever and the yeah. next thing i know and i'm good in that i excuse myself and go home right away like mm-hmm. i'll be like okay i'm out for the night because i'm like i've played this game where i stayed out too long and did some damage but occasionally it will happen to me when like Stories. I don't yeah. calculate yeah. but she doesn't remember any of that I well, know we again, have to interview get her, her friends, friends on yep. the podcast again it's just the Ryan Gosling <laughs> yeah, so you definitely don't want to do chronic drinking heavy drinking because then Korsakoff syndrome essentially produces a similar condition as what Leonard had I mean it Whoa. really messes up the hippocampus and okay. that's one of the easy areas of the brain that gets hit by alcoholism and other um, drug effects. Okay. And so you'll end up being, you know, having severe memory impairments. Well, there's a lot of um, alcoholics that, uh, or people that I know, they're sober now, um, won't remember how they got home and they would have, like, they'll drive home and they have Whoa. no recollection of how sober. they got home. And this is sober. Yeah, scary. This is the next day, <laughs> I mean, like, sober from, the next morning and they oh, can't okay. remember, but like, it, they would, they would do this every night. Because they were alcoholics at the time, okay, right, not right, anymore. Right, um, they've right, since right, sobered right, up, okay. but like every day, they wouldn't be able to remember how they got home the night before. Okay, like every day because um, oh, drug use was a bit vague. Marijuana. Do you think that that impairs memory? I don't know. From okay. personal experience, it didn't impair my memory too much. Okay, but uh, I don't know the science on it. Okay, For I know it's personal like personal experience. It didn't affect me either. It affected my sleep, so I had to stop smoking mm. because I I had the before bed and then the nights I couldn't do it were uh. a disaster. And I was like, well, what if I'm traveling? This is a problem. Yes. So I had to I had to stop, but definitely it didn't impair my memory. Um, okay, at, that's good at to the know. Time. Like I could remember the next day. Yeah, yeah. The, See, the we nothing do a I podcast did. on up and smoke. Up in smoke oh, podcast yes. on the, the science of marijuana. You're on. We all come. We all come high. <laughs> yes, and, then, and uh, bring Cheech Marin in. <laughs> oh, no come problem. On. That'd be great. Yeah, I'll call him up. Uh, that sounds great. <laughs> what do, What do you think? Um, I'm just concerned about it. I've smoked more marijuana than I'm proud of, and you know, like I said, I I'm always looking for reasons why I can't remember certain things. Even though this, what you're saying makes a lot of sense here today. If like I've just I'm just interested in in certain things i just have yeah. selective yeah, memory i just get worried but about i just it. find it makes me it made me slower so yeah, it's not that, that i wasn't I remembering i was just 
slower. Mm-hmm. To, like, it just made me it. cough and it didn't do much else for me. So <laughs> I, I used it a few times in college and I was like, you know, it really doesn't. Do, I don't get high on it mm-hmm. that much. See, I love to cough. So I'm all over <laughs> it. I love, I a, I love a good throat. cough. <laughs> a delicious cough. Delicious <laughs> it's part cough. of my morning routine. So I'm going to go sit on a different chair and kick this. <laughs> um, okay. Finally, I just wanted to let uh, like offer some people things to help them get their memory trained up. So there's all these like apps now. I don't know Mm, if there's any in particular that you enjoy, but there's like, you know, uh, I don't know what they're called, like brain enhancing apps. And there's like Sudoku and chess. And I just read that these kind of games will help people remember more. Does that make sense? Short term wise, long term wise? Uh, There's the evidence that I'm aware of, and I've read some of the studies on this, is that these kind of training, these games are don't generalize that well to just gen- – like if you're trying to do a um, better, being better at chess, playing a chess app, you get better at chess, but it doesn't like improve your working memory overall Ooh. in general. Okay. It, you'll just – it's very specific to what you're practicing. Mm. Now, having said that, keeping – I know when people retire, sometimes you see some people just kind of – lose it start quickly declining mm-hmm. and and because they're not active and they're not doing things right whereas people who after they retire they maintain a lot of activities uh they do they're, they're out there doing different things volunteering or, or whatever they're doing they mm-hmm. have bridge clubs and stuff those i think exercising the mind and yeah. keeping active mentally does help uh slow any kind of decline Great. into okay. older age i have a question for you aaron so I, gr- growing up, I played the piano starting from when I was six. And in playing the piano, you had to memorize all your songs and learn to play them all off by heart without your book. That translated to later in life where I have a, like, I can memorize scripts faster than anyone I know. Hmm. Do you think, is that just that I naturally would have a good memory or are there any studies in relation to music and memory? That is a great question. Uh, don't have an answer. Okay. <laughs> I don't, I, I know there are studies that show that music training is this beneficial thing, has these long-term beneficial impacts, mm-hmm. but I don't know what the comparison group is. Uh, is it just people without training? Did those people without music that grew up without musical training not have other types of activities? Like I was mm-hmm. a dungeon master playing D and D in high school. Right. So I was constructing scenarios. I think that actually led to me being a good lab manager now. <laughs> Cause like I kind of can manage a small group of people mm-hmm. and on various projects because I have, I played the role of a dungeon master. It's kind of a similar skill set. Right. right. And I think that, Maybe so. I didn't have any music training as a child uh, growing up, so I don't know if it's still if became it's a doctor. Having <laughs> and I st- didn't and stop me from becoming somehow a I'm not. <laughs> so what does that tell yeah, you? Yeah, I don't know. I'm just not okay. that funny, I guess. So I had to become a doctor. <laughs> I trained to become fallback. hilarious. Um, okay, I yeah, think, I think I, it I, must I've help. I've always wondered that. I, I had a, I had a, a teacher in college who who was saying, which I've always loved, like you just want to as much as possible challenge your brain in different ways. The same way you challenge yourself to watch Memento. I think people need to challenge themselves to like learn about a subject they didn't think that they would have an interest in. Learn right. a language. Learn how to f- play piano, like you said. Yeah, you know? yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, it like turns on different areas of your brain, and to just try and do that throughout your life. Yeah, as it doesn't much have can. to be one thing in particular. If you don't, right. if you're not interested in playing piano or doing other kind of music, but you are interested in a sport or interested in some other mm-hmm. activity, whatever, gravitate towards what you're interested in and yeah. cultivate that. But yes. basically, like Aaron, what you're saying is keep doing stuff. Yeah, like, like keep, just, just keep pursuing whatever moving forward yes great unlike memento which is all backwards oh by the way (laughs) memento i thought was kind of like an inverse of groundhog day Yes. That's Instead true. of waking up every day and reliving again something he remembers a dozen times over, he wakes up every day and, and relives or every five minutes. Yeah. He's <laughs> like he's uh, the it's it really it's like an inverse of Groundhog Day. I, I called I it so the too. original fifty first dates. Oh <laughs> starring Adam so Sandler and Drew Barrymore. Nice. They really did take that uh yeah. I mean d- direct, including the notes and everything. <laughs> yeah. I was like I, I thought about it afterwards and I was like, this is the exact 
I mean, one's violent, one's not, but I was like, this is the exact same thing. <laughs> I mean, when I was watching it, I was thinking to myself, what if this was a romantic comedy? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm glad they did I'm it. I'm still waiting to hear if I got cast in uh, 50 First Dates. We'll see. In 50 First Dates yeah, 2? Yeah, in, in, in 2, yeah. <laughs> That'd be 52 uh, 102 dates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Picking up from where they left off. Picking up where of we left off. Um, okay, we have a, a plug section here at the end. Is there something people should know about? Obviously, they should follow you on social media, etc. I'm hilarious. Um, I do. I have my own podcast uh, coming out this summer called The Self Esteem Party. Okay. And it's a podcast about my true obsession in life, self esteem. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wasn't your album? That's my album called? is also called Self Esteem Party, there as I am a self proclaimed pop star. <laughs> and yep. you will hear some of those club bangers. <laughs> uh, don't worry, they're all a minute or less. Yeah, so, I was going to uh, say, they're like really good, <laughs> short uh, pop so songs. So I can remember them. <laughs> exactly. And Sammy Jenkins would love your album. And it all comes back. But uh, yeah, you'll be able to get that um, wherever you get your podcast. Great. Okay. The Self Esteem Party. Yeah. Is the name of the podcast. Yeah. And they can follow you. Um, yeah. On uh, Instagram at the only Alana Johnston with a T because that's where I post all my shows. And on Twitter, Alana underscore Johnston. Great. Great. Yeah. And if you don't remember, just uh, rewind this part of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and easy. keep playing it until you do. <laughs> uh, Dr. Aaron. Well, I guess if you just Google Aaron Blaisdell, most of the first few hits are me because, you know, I have my lab, which is Pigeon Rat. Pigeon Rat. Since I work with pigeons and rats. And so I named my website for my lab. Pigeon Rat. Great. It's a good, it sounds like a cool, like, indie record label. Yeah. You know? It sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. So that, um, and that don't, aren't you also the co-founder of oh, Health I, Crowds? The uh, Health that, Crowds okay. is a health website for um, looking at symptoms and treatments, uh, like a, oh. a crowdsourced uh, website for that. Yeah. I also am a co-founder of the Ancestral Health Symposium. So we have a symposium every year. This year it's actually going to be in San Diego on August 8th through 12th. Okay. I think I know what we're doing, Alana. <laughs> What? Uh, going <laughs> to that gonna, symposium. Are you going to remember that we went there, unlike your dinner with your girlfriend? <laughs> I don't know. I might have to take pictures and lots video. of bacon. Okay, oh, I'm well, there. Okay, we're in. We're in. <laughs> don't know why you would have that, but... Uh, okay, great. Well, thank you both so much for joining me. I had a great time, and uh, I'll see you next time when we do 51st Dates or uh, Up in Smoke. Or... Up in Smoke. Call me in. Okay. Yeah, me too. You got it. See you then. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Wow. Bad Science is hosted and produced by me, Ethan Edinburgh. Our social media producers are Kate Baker and EJ Gullet. And the executive pro... What was his name? I know I know him from somewhere. Oh, Brett Kushner. That's what it was. Anyways, another special thanks to Lucas Bollinger for helping me edit this episode. And of course, my apologies for saying your last name wrong on the other podcasts, Lucas. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Bad Science Show. That's at Bad Science Show. You can write us an email at badscienceatseeker.com, letting us know what you think of the podcast and any movies you'd like us to do in the future. If you want to win some extra points in this uh, weird game of life, leave us an iTunes review. I really appreciate that. That's how other people learn about the show. And a huge thanks to those of you that have already done so I really appreciate these awesome reviews. Okay, see you next time where we will be talking about Waterworld. So talk to you then. Bye.